Thank you for tuning into the weekly sermon from Journey of Hope, a United Methodist community. We are a welcoming community that fosters belonging and acceptance. Through ministries, we enable individuals to transform their lives as they learn to follow Jesus Christ. We follow the guidance of the Spirit in sharing our faith through missional adventures, building relationships, and offering our witness to our community and world. We serve the Elgin, Illinois area and are located at the corner of Randall Road and Highland. To learn more about us, you can check us out at johumc.org or any of our social media platforms by searching Journey of Hope. And now, here is this week's message. Scripture is from Ephesians 4, verses 1 through 16. <clears throat> As a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. But to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. This is, why it, this is what, why it says, When he ascended on high, he took many captives and gave gifts to his people. What does he ascended mean except that he also descended to the lower earthly regions? He who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of, of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in, in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining the whole measure of the full fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth of love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. May God bless the reading, hearing, and understanding of his word. Amen. Good morning. That was pretty good. Good morning. Good morning. Now that was a good morning. It's good to be with you. I'm Jeffrey Bross. I am the Prairie Central District Superintendent. And when Jared asked me to come and lead the conference, then he asked me to preach, I agreed because I saw there was a drum group coming and I thought that'd be pretty fun. So I don't know if that was a bait and switch or if there really was uh, a group coming. But uh, we pray for them that uh, the leader and all those who are affected by illness might uh, feel better. So that also gives me an opportunity to preach longer. Uh, and the people of God said, boo, right? 
Not, a, not till the conference. Uh, first, first and foremost, I do want to say, um, whoever does your graphics, um, they are very fresh, very modern, and very good. I, I travel all the district churches and uh, conference churches, and it's one of the best I've seen. So if you would convey to whoever does those graphics uh, my gratitude on behalf of the district just for good work. Uh, so you should be very pleased with that. Also, I don't know if you know this. You know that song, Many Gifts, One Spirit? You know that song that we just sang early on? It's 50 years old this month. Uh, I know, right? I remember when that was a contemporary new song. Uh, but uh, I just found that out. Anyway, will you pray with me? God, I, I am so blessed and honored and humbled to be here today. And I ask that the words that come from my mouth be yours for what I would dare to utter is limited, but what you share is limitless. Let us hear your word today. Amen. Now, I don't want to dive too deeply uh, theological today. It's summer um, and, and all, but I want to think through this text uh, in a more f- foundational, fundamental, simple Christian way. It's like the pastor preached a sermon. He got up and he was a visiting pastor and they called him in and invited this pastor to preach. Uh, and he did, and, and he came in, and he got up in front, and he said, um, the message for today is love one another, and then he sat down. Now, the deacons of this church, uh, is a different system than ours, but the de- deacons of the church got a little upset because, you know, they paid this guy some hefty money to come and preach, and that's all I, all I said. So they went over and said, you got to do more than that. And so he got up and said, okay, let me remind you, love one another, and then he sat down. And he kept doing that, <clears throat> and eventually the people got it. You know, he didn't need to wax theological, right? He didn't need to go deep and show his vast knowledge of Scripture. Instead, what, he, what the church needed to do at that time, especially in that place, was love one another. It's not, a diff- it's not a difficult concept to understand, but it's a difficult concept to do. We see that over and over and over again, not only in our politics, but in our own denomination. Rhetoric, behavior, thinking, and living uh, that takes us away from the basics of Christian love and connection. In Matthew 22, we hear this. Jesus asked, uh, which were the greatest commandments? It was asked of Jesus, and he said, you know, to love God, and second is to love one another. Upon these two rests all of the law and the prophets. The way we stay in love with one another in a Christian way is through our connection to one another. Now, I don't know about you, but do you ever get frustrated with this thing called a cell phone? When you're driving and you go through a dead zone and you get garbled and the person can't hear you uh, when you're trying to talk to them, or you're in the middle of the city uh, and you can't even get a single bar even though you're in downtown Chicago with towers everywhere. The other night I, I sat, uh, set my phone down somewhere around my house or outside. I didn't know where I set it. I didn't know where it was. I had broken my eye watch, so I couldn't do that little fancy thing you do that way to find it. Um, and I felt lost without it. I mean, it felt like something was ripped away from me. It was on silent, so I couldn't call it from somewhere else. I didn't know where it was. But I felt I needed it so badly. Now, are there any therapists here? Maybe I just need therapy. <laughs> yes, your therapist? Okay. Find me a couch and talk to me, talk me through this. But, but the reason I think we, we get lost from our cell phones and, that and whatnot is deeper than just, you know, not having it with us. I think a, a main reason is it, 
it, it takes away our connection. This is one of the main ways nowadays we connect and we lose that. We do not want to be alone. We, we, we don't want to be without others. By the way, I, this is probably the only thing you'll remember from the sermon today, but I found a simple hack, uh, how to find your phone when it's on silent and you don't have some other device to, to do it. Um, even if it's on silent, you just say this. Hey Siri, where are you? I'm over here. So, so if you go room to room, it works. That's how I found it. She, and she just said, when I found her, she just said, here I am. And she was down between the cracks of the sofa. Good night. You know, I went on a meditation retreat uh, not too long ago, and they confiscated our phones. Yeah, tried, tried doing that for a while. And I get it. There's a benefit to decompressing, reducing, giving up technology for meditation. But what I did discover was for a while I felt so disconnected, but then eventually I started to feel connected. Because sometimes that phone that we feel connects us to people so much also disconnects us to a connection to God and to others in a real way. You know, I'm going to say this, this phrase. I'm going to ask you to say it after me. I am less alone. I am more with others. I am less alone. I am more with others. Say that with me. I am less alone and more with others. This doesn't mean that being alone is bad. In fact, there's a fundamental need for us to have that time away. But there's also a fundamental uh, uh, part of creation and God's very own image that shows that we must be in relationship. It is God's fundamental core. The Trinity, God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, when we try to understand and grasp that, and we can't, three persons and one, just, we can't understand how God is one, but three persons. But what we can understand is that is a representation of God's connection and communication and relationship. We are created in God's image, so we are created with the need to be in relationship. Now, I learned a very good lesson about this. I'm a, I'm a big camping, kind of outdoors junkie kind of guy, right? I like to get out there and just do hardcore as much as I can. So back in my early 20s, I learned about the Boundary Waters, which is northern Minnesota and into Canada. And if you go up into the Boundary Waters in the, the uh, U.S. side, it's, the campgrounds are kind of nice. They even have a little toilet seat out in the woods. You go into Canada, you're kind of on your own up in the Quetico. Well, I liked it so much that I decided to do uh, something that was really not smart and go uh, camping alone. And so I'm up in the middle of, uh, of North Woods with moose and bear and wolf. You know, I saw, saw wolves up there. And I went by myself. And when you're going up by yourself, I didn't just go into a campsite that's right off the road and come out. I decided to hike many, many, many lakes in. And I went to places that nobody else would ever be. I thought this was so amazing and so rustic and so manly. What I didn't really think through was, and this was a time before uh, we had phones that could, uh, 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 satellite phones that you, you, you take in now. And I just went up and just went on my own. And I went on trails that were washed away by the rains and, and there were divots and one slip probably would have twisted or broken an ankle. I would have been stuck there. And I was in an area that nobody else would be at. It was a very dangerous move on my part. Well, I was up thinking I knew all, everything. I was surviving on my own. 
in a camp and a storm came, a massive storm, the kind that has lightning everywhere, winds knocking down branches, falling all around me. And so I'm canoeing up to my campsite, trying to get out, the rain is coming, coming sideways, it's a terrible storm. I'm not prepared, I'm not uh, ready. I get onto the campsite, I'm more my, my canoe, canoe down, trying to get my tent, but it's blowing away, and so I just basically have to get a tarp real quick to, to hide under with all my clothes so that they stay warm, and I didn't tie the canoe down well enough, so it goes floating out into the lake. And I'm freaking out. I'm all alone. So I pray to God. God didn't save me right then. <laughs> I know God is with me, but... I was alone in my humanity. Well, the storm blew through. I didn't sleep at all. Woke up, or didn't wake up, but got out of my tarp the next morning, and things were fresher and clearer, but I saw my canoe on the other side, uh, kind of drenched, or, and um, the rain had must have just filled it up because it was kind of uh, down in the water a bit. Um, all my, my, t- my tent was ripped. Everything was in bad shape. So I'm like, how am I going to get that canoe? I have to swim over and get it. Well, I'm, I'm sitting there on the, on the edge of the lake just wondering, and I start to hear a little bit of noise coming around the bend, some paddling and some singing. And I was like, I'm saved. There's a, there's a group up here. I'm like, okay, Eagle Scouts are coming. <laughs> yeah. And they come around the corner, and it's an elementary school Girl Scout group. And they, they paddle over, they see me, and they go, Mister, do you need help? I'm like, uh, yes, <laughs> I do. So they, oh, girl, came, they all came up and they're leaders and they gave me some food and they went over and got my canoe and got it out and helped me with my tent and said, uh, do, you need, do you need us to help you more? I said, yeah, how do you fix this? And so they were teaching me all these great things that I didn't know. I learned how much I need other people in that moment. So I was really in desperate mode. And I also learned a little bit of humility (laughs) in the midst. So now, if you think about where you are as a congregation, you need other people. And one of the ways that you're showing how we do is through a merger. And if you vote on your merger today, you're saying to other people that we're not so different from one another and we can live as one. And as you move towards that potential congregational merger with yet another church. How might you become an oasis of grace in the Elgin and Bartlett area? How might you become that oasis where people can come and find connection in bigger and stronger ways? You're taking a DNA of a very strong and growing church here, and you're offering it up to another church to help them build the area of Bartlett. That's true connection and love for one another. You don't look, you're not looking at yourself and being selfish about things. You're looking at the potential of being with other people. Successful mergers like you who now understand who they are and why they are, they're the ones that are working. And in our conference, we all hear these stories about how we're not, we're, we're um, having troubles uh, with discontinuation, disaffiliation, and all these things uh, about LGBTQIA uh, rights and whatnot, and we seem to not be able to get along, and that's the narrative out there beyond the local church. But I'll tell you what, in this conference, there is there is growth, there is excitement, there's so much good stuff happening. In one small church in, in a, out west that you have to drive through cornfields just to find, it's not on some major road, you have to know where that is to get there. They took in 23 new members on Easter. 23! Another church, 
again, a small little church, 11 baptisms in one day. They have 16 more coming because they're connecting to their community. Churches are reviving their missions because they realize they have to come together to survive. And food pantries are now not just run by one church, but two in cooperation. And they realize, why haven't we done this forever? Apportionments that churches like yours give have helped churches survive through the pandemic because we were able to give them some emergency relief. When flooding and storms have happened in our churches over the past few years, other churches have come together and brought uh, people to come in and fix these places. There are so many good stories about connection to one another and to God and how they're impacting lives, and I know you have those as well. But I want to leave you with, actually, I, I, I would ne- I'd never do this in, in a service, uh, as a sermon, but I want to read to you a little bit. Um, it's from a book that I just love. It's called Can You Drink uh, the Cup? And it's by Henry Nouwen. And Henry Nouwen is one of my favorite authors. Um, and he writes, Can You Drink the Cup? Talking about the cup of salvation, the cup of Christ. And he writes this, and he writes it so much more beautifully than I could ever say. Uh, say. So I want to just uh, share it with you, what he says. He says this, When we're together and we have the cup, we say to each other, in Latin, prosit, which means be well. In German, to your well-being. In Dutch, to your health. In English, cheers. In French, to your health. In Italian, to your health. In Polish, a hundred years. In Ukrainian, to your health. And in Hebrew, to life. The best summary of all these wishes is to life. We lift the cup to life, to affirm our life together and celebrate it as a gift from God. When each of us can hold firm our own cup with its many sorrows and joys, claiming it as our unique life, then too can we lift up for others to see and encourage them to lift up our lives as well. Thus, as we lift our cup in a fearless gesture, proclaiming that we will support each other in our common journey, we create community. Nothing is sweet or easy about community. Community is a fellowship of people who do not hide their joys and sorrows, but make them visible to each other in a gesture of hope. In community, we say life is full of gains and losses, joys and sorrows, ups and downs, but we do not have to live it alone. We want to drink our cup together and thus celebrate the truth that the wounds of our individual lives, which seem intolerable when lived alone, become sources of healing when we live as part of a fellowship of mutual care. Then he, he spins this image. Community is like a large mosaic. Each little piece seems so insignificant. One piece is bright red, another cold blue, dull green, another warm purple, another sharp yellow, another shining gold. Some look precious, others ordinary. Some look valuable, others worthless. Some look gaudy, others delicate. As individual stones, we can do little with them except compare them and judge their beauty and value. When, however, all these little stones are brought together in one big mosaic portraying the face of Christ, who would ever question the importance of any one of them? If one of them, even the least spectacular one, is missing, the face is incomplete. Together in the one mosaic, each little stone is indispensable and makes a unique contribution to the glory of God. That's community, a fellowship of little people who together make God visible in the world. Isn't that lovely? That's what we were about. We're about doing that. And I was gifted with this. I want to show you this. Um, one of the things that 
uh, I enjoy is, is seeing all these different things happening in churches. And I went to one church, and they had this large banner. It was beautiful. I said, oh, I love that. That would be a great stole. Um, not thinking that someone's going to make that for me. I go back, and they made me a stole based on their um, banner. And the banner's title was Love Wastefully. And it comes from Bishop uh, Shelby Spong, who says, If God is the source of love, as I believe God is, then the only way you can worship God is by loving, not by being right, but by loving, by loving wastefully. The image in my mind is an old sink in the basement that you plug up the drains and you turn on all the taps and the water overflows the boundaries and goes all over the floor and fills up every crack and cranny and never stops to ask whether the crack deserves the living water. You love because love is what you have to do, not because somebody deserves that love. You love wastefully. I love that. And so they took all the scraps from banners of old, and um, uh, this woman who made this also used her, hus- her husband who had passed all of his old shirts and used pieces of them to create uh, uh, that banner and then eventually uh, um, generously gave me this stole. And it's, uh, it's quite lovely, I think. But it... Oops. It says, give extravagantly, love wastefully. And all these are just bits and pieces of things that happened and were part of her life and her church's life. I haven't worn a, a, a different stole since, except at conference when we had to wear red. People of God, if you move into a connection with another church, and even if you don't, you are connected. You're connected to one another. You're connected to a district that loves you. You're connected to a conference that loves you. And I pray you will always, everywhere, love wastefully, give extravagantly, and live with one another in the full connection of Christ. And the people of God said, Siri, we're done now. I think it's only appropriate that we, uh, that we stand and join in our, in our closing hymn. Uh, but before we do this, I know that Jeffrey had mentioned something about the imagery. Uh, and so I just wanted to kind of draw your attention to it. Uh, because while that might look like, like water and maybe a sandy beach or something like that that's reaching up to it, uh, that is actually a microscopic image of ligaments the way we are all connected together. Our bodies are connected. Uh, and so we have spiritual ligaments that, that connect us all together. It's just a beautiful image of, of those strong connections that we have. And so I'm going to encourage you to stand and join in our closing hymn, uh, which is, Blessed Be the Tie That Binds. Now, as we get ready to leave this place and go across the hallway for refreshments and a church conference, uh, know that, that we are all connected together, that we are all connected, whether that is here in this sanctuary or worshiping online, we are all connected because we are the community that is called Journey of Hope. Uh, and so we go forth knowing that the love of God, 
the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit goes with us. And it goes with us always. Amen.